This week on the Fancy Scientist podcast, we are going to continue on with our discussion of graduate school. And just a disclaimer out there, if you are not in graduate school or don't want to go to graduate school, the things I'm going to tell you will apply to a lot of different careers. So this podcast is still valuable to listen to. What we're going to talk about today is four ways, I think four, I might think of some more as I as I go along, four ways to start your year off right. I am filming this in September. A lot of people began in August. They've had a couple of weeks now to settle in. So these four tips are going to help you make sure that you have a great year. If you missed last week's episode on what graduate school is, I highly recommend you give it a listen to because graduate school is so different from your undergraduate experience. So I go over everything in that episode about what it's all about. Okay, so let's listen to the intro and then I will get right into those four tips. Hi, I'm Dr. Stephanie Shuttler, a wildlife biologist who's learned throughout her career studying animals that science alone cannot save species. We need you. In the Fancy Scientist podcast, you'll learn about fun animals, conservation tips, and science advice all while breaking stereotypes about what a scientist looks like. Let's get started. The first tip for setting your year off right in graduate school is meeting with your mentor and setting expectations. Like I said, this doesn't just apply to graduate school. You can use this advice in your job in a volunteer position, whatever professional situation you are in where you are working under someone. I actually do this with all of my students when I would work with them as a graduate student. Well, graduate student, I didn't learn until later, but definitely as a postdoc, the very first thing we did was go over expectations. So if you are in a situation where your advisor does not approach you to do this, this is something you should absolutely approach them and ask for. Now, what you can do in these meetings is have a dialogue before you begin. Ideally, this is best when you first start working together, but it's never too late. You can have a dialogue about the different roles that each of you have. So you can ask your advisor what is expected of me as a student. And these things should be very detailed and concrete. And I think this is super important because then you have markers for success and You can't, well, I guess you can get blamed, but it's harder when you have these expectations set in place of feeling like you're falling short. So this will help a lot with imposter syndrome. If you're new to the podcast, I have a whole YouTube series on imposter syndrome that I will link to the show notes, but it puts everything like 
on the table. So something you might want to discuss is how many hours a work, uh, uh, how many hours a week should you be working, and also how much time should you be spending in the lab. For some advisors. It's really important for students to be physically present in the lab. My memory card was full for YouTube, so I'm going to say that again. For some advisors, it's really important for you to be physically present in the lab. And if you are in wildlife, I talk a lot about wildlife degrees, ecology, zoology, those are all really similar. A lot of times you don't have to be in the lab, as opposed to if you're in a biology program and you're studying genetics. And so I was in both. I did ecology work and I did genetic research. So we did have a lab where it was important that we were there to run samples, process those samples, do the lab work. But next door, we had an ornithology lab. And for them, they don't ever have to come to the lab, really. I mean, the lab was was meant, of course, to work and to collaborate with each other as graduate students and to have things like lab meetings and stuff like that. But in terms of doing their actual bird work, their field work, they of course cannot do that in the lab. And anything else that they need to do for their dissertation can be done at home. So so yeah, so, so for some professors, they, and actually some professors, they don't even come to the lab either. I actually had this one professor in our in our department that he was just hardly ever there. So somebody taped a note to their door to see how long it would take for him to see it. So I thought that was pretty funny. But again, so sit down, set your expectations with your advisor to be able to understand what they want from you and also what you want from them too. They might not be able to meet all your expectations, but at least you can put it out there. So another good thing you might want to consider is having a weekly meeting or a meeting every other month. Again, this is going to depend on your advisor. I know students who see their advisor sometimes like once in six months, which I don't think is okay. So if... I, I, I honestly think that touching base regularly is really important. So if that is your advisor where they are going to be traveling or in the field or not in contact, see if at the very least you can have an email meeting. And nowadays that Zoom has become so popular, you can definitely do Zoom meetings. Although for us ecologists, a lot of people go to the field with really limited connectivity. So that might be difficult as well. So at the very least, try to do an email meeting. Also, WhatsApp is really great. That works internationally and that's a text messaging service so that's another way that you guys can check in with each other other things to talk about include things like publications of course you're going to go over your coursework but for publications I'm going to talk about publications later but like in terms of like when you should be publishing and when you should be doing things in general so like do you need to write grants what grants are you going to apply for when are those grants due things like setting out the year that's really great understanding just expectations for like lab meeting and and things like that and what you want to get out of lab meeting and what again is expected of so I highly recommend, again, setting a meeting with your mentor. It's also good to have year goals, too. That's what I did when I first started my postdoc. I outlined all of my goals for the year, and it's great for your mentor to look them over 
talk to you. Again, you can set deadlines for those goals, which I think is so super important in our field because a lot of these things are really hard to measure. So like publishing a paper, it can take years. So if you can break those goals down into measurable amounts, like say, have the introduction done, have the methods done, have X number of samples processed, that is really helpful for, and you feel like you're moving forward in things. And going over those goals with your mentor is also really beneficial because they'll be able to give you some sort of idea if they are realistic. Another great tool that will help you break down these goals, goals, (laughs) we're almost in Halloween, but not quite, these goals is the best self planner. I have a YouTube video on this. I love it. It breaks down, it helps you break your down, it helps you break down your goals in two three month periods. So you choose between one and three major goals for to do in three months. And the reason why it's three months is because that is a short enough time that you can actually accomplish something important, but it's not so long, like a year, like when we do our New Year's resolutions, where it's like so long that you can keep procrastinating. Like if you're trying to lose 20 pounds, it's now September, you can be like, oh, okay, well, I'm finally gonna work on those 20 pounds. No, the the best self journal, it makes you it makes you write in every single day and it gives you the tools you need to help you break down those goals into measurable units week by week. So I love the best self journal. You can also get it in my Amazon store, Fancy Scientist Amazon store. If you just Google that, you will find it. Okay, my next tip is to prioritize. Prioritize, prioritize, prioritize constantly think about what your top priorities are. In graduate school, and again, this applies to a lot of different fields, there are constantly these opportunities, these little distractions, things that come up. Some of them might be fun. Some of them might not be fun. People ask you to do stuff. And really evaluate what's important in terms of your degree and your progress moving forward. So For graduate school, some of those things might be serving on like committees, like like a graduate um, student association committee. And that may be important in terms of like getting extracurriculars and providing service, but depending on what kind of job you want, and honestly for most jobs, it's not going to move. So I'm not saying don't participate at all, but really limit your time on those activities and learn how to say no and and protect your time protect your time protect all the the things that can lead to a waste of time so if you're doing something like going to a seminar leave five minutes before and yes socialization is important and stuff like that but really build that time into your schedule and again the best self journal helps out with that because there's lots of these little time sucks in graduate school that can keep you from being productive Next week, I'm actually going to go over some of my favorite productivity tips. I'm reading the book Deep Work. I I love it. It's 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 not like the best written book. I think it's a little bit redundant, but some of the tips that I ha- that I'm getting from it are just really great. So like one one thing that that I forgot the author's name that they go over is emails. So I like emails are a major time suck. So again, this goes in with the prioritize thing. I'm going to look up the author for you guys right now. I have it on my Audible. So it's Deep Work by Cal Newport. 
And again, that's also in my Amazon bookstore. So, and and constantly the day the days and the times where you have those those long periods of time to do the deep work, put your highest priority items in there. This was something that I learned in graduate school, but it's really been reaffirmed as I became an entrepreneur. It's you this this particular word is used in the entrepreneurial world. I believe I first heard it from Tim Ferriss. I love his books. He wrote the four hour work week. And it's called a minimum viable product. And again, with your priorities, in some cases, this might be very, very minimum. So if you're like me, I am a recovering perfectionist. I'm pretty much over being a perfectionist now, but I used to be one really bad. And I think that's really common of people who enter graduate school. They're really high achievers. They do really well in school in general. So if you think about a class project, they're constantly trying to make it better and better. But in graduate school, you have so many things to do that you just can't be good at everything. So for example, when I had to start teaching, being a teaching assistant for for labs, I would have loved to have dedicated so much more time to being a teaching assistant and really being a great teacher, but I couldn't. I remember the first time in ecology lab, we had to papers and the papers were, I don't know, two to three pages each per student. And I think we had like 25 to 30 students in a class. So the first paper, it took me an hour to grade. And I looked at the stack of papers. I calculated the time I had. No way could I spend an hour on every single paper. So from there on out, I started developing a system to grade fast. Instead of pointing out detailed nuances, I circled whole paragraphs and I said, you know, this needs clarity, things like that. You need to know how to move fast, but still provide the service that you signed up to do or that you have to do for graduate school. So I learned to just do things okay. And it was, like I said, it was very hard for me as a perfectionist. But again, for the things that weren't that important for me and my career, you're just going to have to learn to do them okay. And that even can be your dissertation, honestly. Towards the end, I had to hurry to finish up. And this is a problem a lot of students face or challenge that they're asked to finish by a certain semester and they don't think they can do it. And your dissertation, honestly, like nobody reads it. So if it's not your best work, it really doesn't matter that much. I know so many people focus on the dissertation they worry about it so much, but honestly, it's not that big of a deal. What matters more is your publications. And that's actually what we are going to go to next is always think in terms of publishing, writing your dissertation. So that is my last tip. If you're in graduate school doing a thesis for a master's or doing a dissertation for a PhD, you're going to have chapters. And each of these chapters should be a peer-reviewed publication. If you want to know more about peer-reviewed publications, I have a video on my YouTube channel about them. I also have an episode, a podcast episode, all about the scientific process and what peer review is and everything. But basically, that's really what's important. That's the currency in in science is your, your publications. 
So for example, for my first chapter, I didn't have to collect any data. I worked with somebody who had put satellite GPS collars around forest elephants. So he had already had all of the movement location of these elephants. I was hoping to get genetic data from blood samples that they collected, but unfortunately, I was not able to get those samples out of the country due to some permitting issues. So I had all the data that I needed to work with. So I started... I started working with that portion of my dissertation first because I had everything and I just started writing it like a scientific paper. And once you get that published, and I I got my paper published, I think like my third or fourth year, then that's a chapter that's done. And you want to get your publications out earlier because then people can start citing you. And this is what increases your your clout as a scientist. You want to have a high number of publications. First author publications are best. You want to have them be published in good journals. And you want them to be well cited. So the earlier you can start publishing, the better. And I had like a, a side tip to go along with this, but just always think about writing and, and publishing and start writing now if you can. You want to publish as fast as possible. So a lot of students, they start collecting data right away. So start writing your methods. Honestly, I always like writing my introductions first, but you, you abso- it's actually absolutely great advice to start writing your methods because also a lot of times you forget what you do. So writing every single thing down as you go along, then when you're ready to like really sit down and write your paper, it's there. But I like to write the introductions first, and I for most of my chapters, I didn't have data until later on. I didn't even have my methods until my third year when I started doing my first field work. So I did a lot of literature reading and <clears throat> wrote the introduction. So something that you should always be thinking in terms of publications as a scientist so and maximizing your publications. So something that I wish that I had done was take that literature summary that I was doing to write my introduction and have and did I wish I would have done a review paper review paper summarizes the literature that's already out there there's usually a new angle and you spin on it and it can be a ton of work if you're doing some sort of meta-analysis or something but it also can be a great way to for you to like bring all that information together learn it you're gonna have to learn it for your comprehensive exam if you're doing a dissertation and just for your papers in general you're gonna have to be able to learn that information so having a review paper written it's really great to have a publication out there if you are not able to publish fast and like say you're collecting data and you can't publish fast like how I did that's a really great way to hit the year off right You can also publish notes too. That's another thing is if you can think about like little unique findings that are in your your studies, that's also a great way to get some publications out there. So always, always think about writing. Start writing now. It is never, ever too early to start writing. You can always be working on the introduction of your different chapters. 
Okay, guys, those are the four tips for setting your year off right for graduate school. I hope you found this helpful. I hope you're going to have an amazing year. Next week, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about some of my favorite productivity tips. If you're like me, so many students are challenged by writing. They hate writing. So actually, I did like writing. So that wasn't my major challenge. But I did have many, many days where I just stared at the computer screen at the same paragraph, at the same sentence, and I just like couldn't move forward. So next week, we're going to talk about how to be more productive and how to get yourself to do the work, overcome some of those like mindset issues that you might have when it comes to writing or other challenging work. So I hope you have a fantastic day. Be kind to animals as always and be kind to each other. It is a great world that we live in. I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm just trying to send some positivity out there. And yeah, I hope you guys have a great day. I'll end here now. (laughs) Bye. If you liked this episode, care about wildlife, care about conservation, or know somebody who is interested in going into wildlife biology careers, please share this episode. You can also rate and review my podcast that really helps people find it. My goal is to spread messages of conservation and kindness for wildlife and to help people navigate wildlife biology careers. Rating and reviewing my podcast really helps other people find it. If you have questions or show ideas, you can find me at fancyscientist.com. My social media handles are at fancyscientist. On Instagram, there's an underscore between fancy and scientist. You can also send an email to hello at fancyscientist.com. If you're an aspiring wildlife biologist, ecologist, or zoologist, you can join me every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Facebook Live, where I answer different career questions. You can also ask me questions on the spot. I'm here for you. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I am so grateful for you. I hope you have an amazing day. Be kind to animals and be kind to each other.